can save the day. Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. Send an email now to Robbie at MightyHouse.net or call into the show at 877-711-5611. From foundation leaks to roof repairs, the Mighty House team is on the job. You're You're listening listening to Mighty House. I'm Ron Cowgill. Is it working? Are we there? Testing one, two, test, test. I'm Ron Cowgill. The Mighty House team is back. You can join us on Facebook Live right now. Brought to you in part by Mr. Floor, $99closing.com, and Maggie Rad. That's M A G hyphen E R A D. We're broadcasting worldwide and live. MightyHouse.net, tunein.com. We're also on the Gab Radio Network. Just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Podcasts and preview shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. Video clips of the show are available at MightyHouse.net and on our Mighty House YouTube channel. And I'm going to guess, Andrew, do you have that up yet? Uh, yeah, it's published on YouTube. <laughs> See? <laughs> the tip of the week is already up there. And speaking of Maggie Rad, we actually it- have... Uh, a guy from Maggie Rat on the line right now. Oh, okay. Well, hang on. But that's is that is that Bob? Uh yeah. Okay. Oh, oh we'll that... he's on hold right now. Good. good. He told me to, he's like, gonna he was gonna be calling in. That. All right. So we got we've got a good topic to get into, and uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show, and you can give us a call on the Mister Floor Helpline. It's eight seven 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 one one five six one one, and you will have a chance to win your choice of Mister Floor cleaning products. They're all non toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. And, uh, Andrew, you might want to prepare to record this next segment. While, uh, For SoundCloud? Uh, yes. This, was, this is going to be a good one. And uh, you can, uh, if you want to enter the Klein Tool of the Month, you can uh, give Trixie a call at 877-711-5611. That number again, 877-711-5611. And tell her you want to be in the chance to win the non-contact voltage tester with the laser distant measuring device within it. So it's a two for one. And uh, we'll have that drawing at the end of the month. So just give Trixie a call. 877-711-5611. You don't have to go on the air. You don't have to do anything. Just give Trixie your info. And we're not going to sell and or share or do anything fancy with that stuff. Your name's going to go into a uh, a Mr. Floor bag. <laughs> You're going to be right. done. It's going to get handwritten on a piece of paper and it's going to drop into the, into the bag. That's it. So, um, now if you have an electric water heater, so people in Chicago, you may not find this, uh, very helpful, but the rest of the country, I think runs on electric water heaters. And is there an issue with your electric water heater there, Rich? Um, hopefully not. Hopefully but not. Possibly. But we need to talk to Bob. And he's uh, got me a little freaked out because he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to get electrocuted going by my water heater. Yeah. So you don't want to touch it no more. So no. Hey, are, are you there, Bob? I am here. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, Bob. Okay. So if you have an electric water heater, people across the country listening right now, is this uh, all types of electric water heaters or is this one specific electric water heater? It's all types. If I may, I would like to briefly give how to mitigate it because there's going to be a lot of frightened people that I don't want frightened. Okay. I need them to know about it because it turns out last year a woman had filed a report with the Consumer Product Safety Commission 
Her husband kept getting electric shocks and almost electrocuted, but they didn't know because of the way she filed it. They didn't know why it was happening, but this can literally happen to hundreds of thousands or millions of people. It's happened to me at least eight to ten times, and at least once I had to go to the hospital, the shock was so bad. Well, now so, that explains a lot, though, too, if you know Bob. Yes, it does. <laughs> that finally figured out the thinking. <laughs> I'm totally in agreement with you. I'm not going to debate that for a second. So, based upon the fact we now know what electric shock therapy does to a person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just stop by and see it Bob turns- in Northbrook. <laughs> He's, he's the test case. It, 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 I, I am definitely the test case for why you want to follow what you're about to hear on this segment. Um, this would be Mighty House Radio. Today is July 5th, uh-huh. 2019. 6th. And we have Ron and Rich Cowgill on the line. Yeah. So I want to I want to make sure that we all have this on this segment. And Robbie's listening, Mighty House confused. Radio. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Robbie, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for giving me the heads up that you were calling in. And you're doing a great job. I just, I love what you're doing. You're a good part of the reason why I listen to the show. So keep up the great work. Thank you. The, now that I'm on literally three, two standards panels and a task committee, we're working on high frequency electricity and what it does to people because 60 hertz is going to become obsolete in the next generation or so. New equipment, even ground faults, are only rated at 60 hertz. There's a lot of things that aren't. Okay. If you recall, about two and a half years ago, I was able to take uh, an idiot that had come up with a particular way of doing things about 70 years ago. And I finally got all those codes changed for temperature and pressure relief valves because I found that standard allows the probe to corrode off so that there can be literally in water heaters hundreds of thousands of non-working temperature and pressure relief valves that are also sized wrong because they're supposed to be CSA. Mm -hmm. Okay, that I got a code change, and that's on the instructions for that particular product because we try to make sure people are safe. But this one is regarding electric water heaters, and this transcends any of that. So first, how to mitigate it so that nobody gets scared or worried, because this affects your husband's children that might walk up or touch the water heater, that kind of thing. First, make sure you check the grounding conductors and the ground wire for zero impedance back to the box or back to where it originates. It's absolutely essential Because when these go into the failure mode, they're literally pouring 208, 240, 277 volts. They're literally drenching the enclosure in the tank with that kind of voltage. If the ground is not perfect, that means there's a good chance if you're standing on a wet floor, it's going to go through you instead of going back to the ground. Mm -hmm. Well, it only takes .007 to kill someone. And this is giving off 33 to 200 times that. So you need a perfect ground. Second of all, if it's possible, you want to have someone install a ground fault circuit breaker to supply the electric water heater because, again, the way the heating elements are designed, which I'll get into in a moment, when they fail, 
the standard, in my opinion, was written wrong. That's the report I sent to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. It'll be online anytime now. But when the elements fail, they fault to the tank. They electrify it. <laughs> and third, a qualified person should check out each component physically for any grounding. One of the places you can find this, instant proof, go to one of the box stores that has a particular color on it, not green. <laughs> it's a different box store. Okay. And they have the instructions right up there, how to test your electric water heater. Take your electric water heater, shut it off, and then take your ohm meter, uh-huh. OHM, and go from each terminal to the flange plate of the element. <laughs> Do you get a reading? If so, the element is bad right there. And most elements go bad because most places sell them with copper tin, and they really fall apart fast under just a millimeter of lime. Um, but just the fact that they say that, right there, prima facie, the case is made. If there is a path between the element and the flange, which is screwed into the tank, where is that electricity going? It's got to go to the tank. Sure. They're saying it right there when they say check for ohms to ground. If anything, they would want to say check and make sure that there is no conductivity through the inner wire and then make sure that there is no conductivity between that terminal and the ground plate. Because once there's conductivity, that means there's electric flowing through it. So it's a prima facie case. These things are designed. And then I found a patent that I'm just going to say ends in the number 928. I don't want to give the name of the company where this 1991 patent specifically says how they want the element to ground to the tank. So it's not an accident. It's they're not doing this. someone can say, oh, they're doing it on you know, purpose. We didn't know it was a... Right. This is deliberate. Now, we'll get to the next step because I actually wrote no. So I followed the Robbie rule, which is if you do clutter clarity and clean it up, Maybe you stay on point. So that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I've been waiting for you to stay on point, but... I'm trying, Robbie. I'm trying so hard. And I'm trying to follow your instructions because you know what you're talking about. That's it. Hang on, Bob. Hang on, Bob. We got to go to a quick break here, and we'll come back with more right after this. You are listening to Mighty House. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. Oh, you want me to go? It didn't play. You see this hammer in my hand? Yeah, I'm going to find that sad finder. What does it look like? And a level. What is a level? Don't you know what a level is? Yeah, it's something you advance to in a video game. It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. You can follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show and our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. And if somebody wanted a newsletter, Rich, how can they do that? Go to MightyHouse.net. Click on uh, Contact Us. Enter your first and last name, your email address, scroll on down to the bottom, and click on Boom Done. All right, and you can give us a call on the Mr. Floor Helpline. It's 877-711-5611, and you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe, and you can learn more at MrFloor.com. All right, and uh, we've got Bob from Northbrook. He's still on the line. 
And uh, we're, yes, ta- we're talking about electric water heaters and the dangers of having yeah. those water heaters uh, not Improperly grounded. And improperly grounded. And uh, go ahead, Bob. So Bob's Thank doing you. his very best to follow his outline and not, not uh, Get veer all over off. The place. I have the outline. Okay. So let's just pick up where okay. you left off, sir. Go. Okay. And I would like to say that today, listening, are a group of first responders from a, a select amount of our local fire departments. Uh-huh. Because I'm supposed to give a demonstration to the fire marshal, but that'll be next week. Okay. Because they want to start training the responders on this. Um, okay. So, when Welcome, a first responders. A, Thank you for listening. I hope you come back <laughs> yeah. week after week. Thanks. And there's a Bob out there, one of the first responders. I am so glad I saw your dad yesterday. Awesome. That really worked out. <laughs> Stay on when, track, Bob. Go. <laughs> okay. When the heating elements were designed, some, I'm just going to use one more time and not be repetitious, the word idiot. Uh-huh. Some idiot decided that they would make the fill between the nichrome wire in the middle and the outer sheath. They decided that they would make the fill conductive when it gets moist. So if, for example, you were to do an experiment and go to any store, buy a heating element, and just drill a hole just to open the sheath, mm-hmm. and then you pour a little water in there, you'll immediately get a reading to ground. So the way they design these are to <coughs> actually make them a conductive fill when moist was allowed in the standard. Most element sheaths open or split Immediately, you get 150 to 500 ohms to ground to the tank enclosure, which can give someone an immediate electric shock 33 to 200 times more than the .007 some consider deadly. Now, why is this important to know? Because I believe most of the coroners have been missing a lot of deaths or some deaths. And the reason I say that, normally when you think of an electrical burn, you think you're going to see it on the skin. You'll see the fact somebody got quite a shock. Oh, yeah. But because you're dealing with a current under a resistance, instead of it arcing or sparking or giving a burn to the skin, it doesn't. It passes through the body. Every time I've gotten a shock, I've never gotten a burn. It passes through the body. So what may happen is, let's say the husband goes downstairs and never returns, or Anybody goes downstairs, and then they're found um, halfway across the floor somewhere, and since nobody ever checked to see if there was a grounding going on uh, between the heating elements and the tank jacket or if the bonding was correctly and the bonding and the grounding back to the box. So now somebody does a death investigation, and they go, oh, this person died. They're going to write it off as a heart attack, probably, because Mm -hmm. there is no physical evidence to indicate an electric shock because you're not getting an electric shock in the sense of the word of, okay, whatever can come, 20 amps, 25 amps, whatever the breaker is, that's not what's going to come. What's going to come is maybe 33 to 200 times of what it takes to kill you, but that still is down to maybe 1 to 2 amps. It's not enough to blow the breaker, but mm-hmm. it is enough to kill a person, and this is especially just, if they're in a moist basement. And this is if they were just happened to bump into it. It's not like they went and actually worked right. on it. It's just... You just brushed up against it for whatever reason or, or tripped and, and right. uh, bumped into it. So yeah. It could be next to a wash machine. Sure. And maybe 
the 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 person of the house that happens to clean the clothes. Um, I'm not going to make any comments on what my assignment is. <laughs> However, the person house, whoever that might be that is yeah. cleaning that grouping of clothes, uh-huh. might brush up against that heater. Yeah, and. Something may happen. Sure. Now, again, yeah, I'm making might no store further the, comments on that. He, he might store the soap up there, and you reached up to grab the soap. and Right. You, you, yeah, you, you, that's why a lot of times they always tell you, watch out for grabbing that virus soap. So, Don't drop it. Right. So, Bob, what um, you're stating, though, is that I need a perfectly grounded system. If I have a perfectly, perfectly. grounded so if I go out, because I have electric water heater, and I told you, you're freaking me out with this whole thing. And it's right next to my 57 in my garage. So I go out there, I bump into it. and Oh, yes, sir. So I have to go out there and check it now. So I want right. to make sure I can turn it. What I need to do is just turn it off, and then can I just check it at the mounting plates for the ohms? You want to check it to make sure there is absolutely no impedance at all, no resistance. That ground has to be perfect. The metal between each of the connections has to be clean because any impedance, any film of oxide due to the fact it's not like copper, Things like aluminum and iron, when they oxidize, they build up a resistance. If their resistance hits a certain threshold, even if the meter doesn't show it quite correctly, it's still an easier path for it to go through you and into moisture than it is to go all the way back to the ground. Mm -hmm. You have to check it. So my belief is that the National Electric Code, I call upon them to immediately demand that every electric water heater, at least in a residential environment, must be protected by a ground fault breaker. That's the only way to assure that at point zero zero four, which is below where a child or a young adult or an adult could get electrocuted. And right now, there is no call for any breaker that could do that. And grounds are tenable at best because they oxidize over time. Sure. How many people mm. check the ground? <clears throat> Well, and like in our case, most of them, uh, the water heaters network are corded. You know, then they're plugged in. Uh, yes, sir. So, right. And they're not even hardwired. Now, I believe most of that has changed. They're now requiring hardwire, but, you know, corded is even worse because now you're relying on a number of splices. Yeah. And a connection. Yes, sir. Wow. That's amazing. How much is a 240 volt, 30 amp GFCI breaker? <laughs> Um, that's the point. They're so inexpensive. I'm going to say sixty or seventy bucks. Uh, Home Depot, one hundred and two. <laughs> Siemens, eighty two. So yeah, I mean, it's you know. So let's just say seventy three to one hundred and two. I'm just you know, depending this on thing that popped up. Yeah, depending on the panel that you've got. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know, probably going to go in there this week. <laughs> Somebody's going to Home Depot. Factor. Yeah. Now nah, I'll do it next week when I go back to work. I don't yeah. make special trip off the rock. And then oh. when people are making choices of water heaters, they're going and they're saying, "Oh, this one's cheaper, and it's got a copper tin element because they don't know the difference." Uh huh. A copper tin element dry fires. That means if you fill the tank up and you think, "Oh, it's filled with water," but because of those restrictors on these faucets, if you take pi r squared times L, that's the formula. You can calculate the volume in a tubular object, mm-hmm. like piping. Right. And you'll find that if you run the water for one to two to three minutes, it won't clear the water out of the pipe. So you think the water heater is full. Now you turn it on. That copper tin element literally melts in maybe about three seconds, four seconds. Wow. It melts. 
that is what this woman's report was, 201808239713-178-66656. Wait, I was writing that down. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. I wasn't really writing it down. If you read that report, and now you start thinking of it in terms of a dry-fired element, when you read that report, it'll be so crystal clear, and you'll go, oh, my God, yes, that was a copper tin element put in that wonderful stainless steel jacket water heater, but they still used a cheap element, and it dry-fired, and the repair guy never caught it, and the second person never caught it, and so the husband was getting the electric shock, because it probably wasn't grounded properly, mm-hmm. and therefore, because the element is immediately bathing 240 volts to the side of the tank, he gets the electric shock because he's down there in the moist basement. Wow. If the inner wire touches a bent, melted, dry-fired copper tin sheath element found in many cheaper water heaters instead of the Inkaloy ones that are found in the better water heaters, which then at don't the water heater warehouse in Northbrook. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not. I'm not saying this. It has nothing. I to know do that. I just thought us. I'd help you out. Right. This is pretty. Uh, I mean, you, okay, this I'm might grateful, be boring some people. I don't know, but it's scaring the hell out people, of some. And yeah. All right. It's good info. And yeah. the equipment will then get the 122, 42, 77 volts per phase, which can then pour through the their body if they are just moist and standing on the ground and touching the water heater, it's going to go through them. Okay, Robbie, so, yeah, go. Hang. Bob, hold on. We have a question for okay. you. I don't know if you've talked please. about this or not. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> go. Nice. Go ahead. Should please. there be a parallel redundancy ground? Can there be a – please repeat that. A Should there be a parallel redundancy ground? Different electric codes and different situations – For instance, sometimes it calls for, um, let's say, welding. There's certain ways to do it, a ground to a building structure. Sometimes you might want a second ground rod. Sometimes it used to be the water pipe would have something to do with it. I have a very famous, some of the people that hear this will remember this name, Ray Mullen, M-U-L-L-I-N. He wrote the book. He recently passed away, and I wrote the water heater section with him. We used to have hours of discussions. His um, book trains that had to have been riveting. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it trains the IBEW electricians. Okay. And I used to talk to him for hours and hours, and people would wonder, what are you doing in there? And we would be discussing, okay. What would the resistance be if they keep changing to this pipe or that pipe because it no longer is a secondary ground? That's why, Robbie, when you're talking about parallel grounds, it used to be if there was metal pipe, we would talk about the fact, okay, there's at least a secondary ground, so if somebody makes a mistake on the primary one, there's something secondary for it to go to. Sometimes, however, you can end up with a ground loop and then the grounds don't work. They have to be properly installed by an electrician, or a ground can actually become worthless. All right, with it's that, Bob, we we gotta we gotta go to a break. I appreciate okay. it, Bob from the Thanks, Bob. Yes, sir. Water heater warehouse in Northbrook. We'll be this back. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. 
come to save the day. Here they come to save the day. This is Mighty House. All right. You can join us on Facebook Live right now. Brought to you in part by Mr. Floor, $99 Closing, and Mag Erad. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. And our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. And you can give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline. It's 877-711-5611. And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. And... If you want to and? sign up for the Klein Tool of the Month, just give uh, Trixie a call, 877-711-5611, and uh, she will put your name in the Mr. Floor uh, tote bag, and we'll ta- have a drawing at the end of the month. And we are giving away the uh, voltage tester that would work for this actual thing you know, that we were just talking about. If you had any any leakage or anything like that when you walked up to the water heater, this device would actually mm-hmm. do it. But then you can measure and see how far away it is from the wall, too, when you do it. So, <laughs> the, the problem is, is I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, you don't know how to use a tester. The voltage tester. I have one out in the garage. Oh, yeah? I have a tester. A multi a multi tester. use them. Yeah, okay. I don't know how to use it. That's the dangerous part. Okay, so then I need to talk to Bob, and we need to go over and actually do a, a quick little uh, video on how to, how I to properly test. I think it would be it. really helpful because, like, I don't even know how to use my multi-tester. I mean, I could set it on, I can get 12-volt readings from my car, and I right. get 110 out of an outlet, and 220 if I touch the two, and that's the limit. When you right. guys start talking about impedance and ohms, uh-huh. it's way over the carpenter's pay grade. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah. can you guys tell me in one minute what Bob talked about? Because then I heard during the break you said, Rich, you told your wife to stay away from the water heater. Yeah. Yep. So talk to me. What, okay, you what want, did he say? I can do it in 30 seconds. Okay. Put a GFI breaker on your electric water heater. Problem is solved. Do now, most see, that's of the them that's have always that. weird to me. Yes. Okay. So again, if I put a GFI breaker on my water heater, that's all fine and dandy. <clears throat> if I'm on my concrete floor, my feet are wet and I touch it, I would be a path to ground. Yes. But you're saying, <clears throat> and he's saying that that GFI breaker will react in point or point zero 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 four seconds, whatever. Sure. So I would not get shocked. Right. And then you just, I, but you probably wouldn't even hear the, the breaker trip either. So all of a sudden. Yeah. The next morning I'd have no hot water. Yeah. And you're like, this is <laughs> stupid water heater. And then you're going to go over there and go, oh, the breaker turned off and you're going to turn it back on. Not realizing that it's all tripped and why it tripped until after it happens a few times. But in the meantime, that's the safest way right now until they repair how they manufacture these water heaters. And it's because the heating elements split either with less than one a one millimeter of corrosion yep. or dry firing. Yep. Or I think there was a third. Yeah, when you have the when you have the buildup. If you use Maggie Red to clean your water heater regularly, you wouldn't have it. But if you have over what how I, I can't remember how much but one millimeter one said, millimeter of, of, of buildup, of lime buildup on the Which is nothing. Yeah, that's so not... one millimeter of lime buildup will cause what to happen? The heating element can split the sheathing. Right. Crack, and then now you're sending electricity to to the water tank. And now you're making the outside of the water tank live. Electrified. You're electrifying it. And you don't know this is happening. Not until you touch no. it. And then, and even then like... you may not know because you'll be dead. Yeah. 
So and, how do people? And that's why he's saying it's not going to send out so many amps that you're going to get a burn that'll tell everybody that you just got electrocuted by your water heater. It's going to pass through you at such a slow at a low amperage that it's going to look like heart failure. Right, like you had a heart attack. I don't like those. <laughs> we didn't either, and that's why he. Well, that's why Rich told his wife to stay away from the water heater. Yeah, he, if I was mean, I'd go, "Hey, hug this." <laughs> So you never Wait, let know. Me, let me make this sure life insurance paid up first. Okay, now now go. You never know when this could possibly happen. No. There's no way to know. No, unfortunately, my water heater's... Well, the sad thing is, okay, so I'm going to fit in this really bad case because my water heater's only a few years old. Mm-hmm. I put it in. And I do make sure it's grounded and all that, but it is an older corded setup. So I'm going to pull that apart. I'm going to hardwire it. I'm going to put in GFI breaker. Yep. I mean, yep. I will do that because for 70 bucks, it's like, that's kind of a no brainer. Okay. Now, wait, Rich, what about the people that they, they, it's too far away. They go to plug it in, but it's too far away. So what do they do? Extension cord. They grab an extension cord. Now they plug the extension cord in and that extension cord they've used because it only had two prong outlets. So they broke off the ground mm-hmm. part and just, and, 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 and now they're using that and it's not grounded at all. Yeah. So. Or somebody plugs it into a two-prong outlet, but it's not grounded, and the whole thing's live. So Yeah, all of ours, like because everything down here is Romex, so what I have is just this big thing of, I call it range cable, because that's about what it looks like. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I don't know what you're, real, you're an electrician, you know what it's called. It's big Romex. Right. But, I mean, at least it goes right from the panel to there. So I know my connections at my outlet are good, but I still don't like having it corded, because that cord has a very poor ground on that plate. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, thinking about it. Yeah. I want to give out the phone number really quick, 877-711-5611. If you have any thoughts, questions, if any of the first responders a are reaction. listening. Or yep. reactions. 877-711-5611. Yep. And I got to go check my water. I don't know if it's a 30-amp breaker or 40-amp I need, but it's usually around a 30. I most, think, so. most are 30s, yes. Yeah. So anyway, let me go back to this. Change the subject on a lighter fare. Oh, Christ, it's scary. Um, so my tip of the week was about, you know, some questions you asked before hiring a home inspector. Sure. But here's what I want to talk about is after a home get home inspection is completed and the report goes to the buyer and then the buyer tries to use it as a negotiation. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So you have a few things you can do here and we'll discuss them. First one is you can request the repairs. So the buyer can request the seller complete the list of repairs as a condition of the sale moving forward. Yes. And... I don't know what that part about the as-is thing was, but, you know, every contract has as-is, so I'm pretty much telling you no. Right. Don't buy the house. I don't care. I think this one's tricky because if the house is put on the market at a price which takes into account the disrepair or it's outdated, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't move on that. You know what I mean? I would say no. This is not going to happen. Right. Right. So the price is reflective of it needing repair. Most people don't have the inspection before they come up with a price. Uh, no, you're right about that, but I mean, most people know their own homes. Right. They know that it's outdated. You know it's going to have some issues. And if you don't, that's different too. But if you're asking top dollar, then maybe you have room to do that. Right. And here's the other thing is, the re- that's, and that's what the realtor is going to do, is he, they're going to come in and say, Based on what's on the market right now, here's the current market value of that home based on these conditions. Your house is in disrepair with this, 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 and this, so we need to discount the price to this, this, and this. And that's how they arrive at that that listing price. 
And if yeah. they did, then you can, you know, then your realtors should be communicating, stating that this is already at a reduced or undervalued price because of the disrepair. So the other thing you can do is ask for a credit, right? So if you've got some work that needs to get done, you say, okay, I'll do the work after closing, but you have to discount the asking price of your house by this much. Mm-hmm. And that one I'm a big against. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something worth doing, you do it yourself or, you know, have it done. But I don't like using these reports as a negotiating on final price. <laughs> and here we go. The, I, I knew this one was going to make, make the phones ring there, Rich, and you did a great job. <laughs> ah, trust me. So before we go to that, and then uh, the last one that typically does is you can back out of the deal. Right. You know, if there's some major issues, structural, plumbing, whatever, and you don't, and the you know, seller's not going to do it, you can get out of the deal. Yep. And that's fine. Go find something else then. You know, right. I mean, I'm there's always another buyer. Right. And, you so know, I try to say these reports can be very dodgy sometimes. I mean, I don't, I understand why they do them, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And, um, but that's, that's why you need to get one. You know, even on a brand new home, you still want to go get a home inspection done, um, get a get a Nachi certified inspector and have them go through the house because even a brand new home may have some things that are absolutely that are that we've are had wrong. Uh, we've had issues where, you know, we've had electrical boxes and attics with no covers on them. We've uh-huh. had, you know, nothing major. Obviously, it's a new house. Sure. But, you know, they find stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's good. It helps everybody. Sure. That, that's that's exactly what you need to be doing. All right, who, who do we got there, Andrew? Real quick, bring him up. Uh, we got uh, Bernie from Indiana. He's got a question on electric bulbs. Okay. Yeah, I want to find out. Uh, in the kitchen, I replaced some of the regular incandescent bulbs with LED. Now the radio won't play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It buzzes so loud, you can't. So what I have to do is shut off all the LED lights and to listen to WCPT. Yeah. Well, so here's here's what you – and uh, were those just cheap LEDs or were they a little more expensive? $5 a piece. Yeah, yeah. On sale. Okay. So that that may be part of it. Um, And is it on a dimmer or is it on on just a regular switch? No, they're dimmer. Okay, there and there. There's the problem. So now, because you're running it through a dimmer, that LED is is going to make all kinds of, of of electrical noise and racket, and that's why the the radio is not picking up on it anymore. So if if you switched over to a standard switch, you'd you'd be okay. And then they also and, and make sure that the the bulb itself is dimmable. Those 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 are well, two. The bulb is dimmable. Okay. So then, so then you'd want to look at it's it's come it's because it's dimmed. And if you throw it wide open, does it still do it? I haven't tried it. Yeah, try turning the lights full on, all the way up, and and uh, so that they're not dimming, and see if it still if it still makes that racket. Is that even with an electronic or dimmer? Just turn off the light. <laughs> you just turn off the light exactly. <laughs> yeah, and they also you know, one of the things about. This, yeah, that was great about these LED. I had a chandelier; they got so hot, I couldn't, I couldn't get the bulb out of the base. These LEDs operate so coolly yeah. that I have no problem taking the bulb in and out. Now. Yeah, yep. 
No, that they're uh, they're amazing, and you don't have to change them as often. So that's also really about right. twenty or thirty years right. if it goes right. Yep. So, yep. Um, and then one other thing that Rich just brought up too is that uh, make sure that the dimmer you have is rated for LEDs. So there's a couple of quick things oh, for you. Well, that no, sure it's not. Uh huh. How I many people yeah, have a dimmer that's rated? Yeah, right. uh, that we usually are stalling them. They just them in. came out, but demo about. Exactly. Two All right. Years ago. All right. I appreciate the phone call. We got to get to a break. Thanks, Bernie. We'll be back. Thanks a lot. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. Why? Why must life be so hard? Why must I fail in every attempt at masonry? It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. Podcasts and preview shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on HomeApprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. If somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, Rich, and and to be able to to find out how to enter into the Klein Tool of the Month, how could they do that? You go over to MightyHouse.net, click on the Contact Us page, just put in first, last name, your email address, and then scroll on down, click on Boom Done. And every Friday, you will get an email with the newsletter telling you who's going to be on the show with very important links and things. <laughs> exactly. And yes. you'd have the uh, Klein Tool of the Month, which is the NCVT-6 non-contact voltage tester with laser distance measuring device included in it. That's what we're giving away this month. So uh, you can give a Trixie a call at 877-711-5611. Tell her you want to have your name thrown into the Mr. Floor tote bag. And <laughs> just ignore just keep going along. So, you know, speaking of the newsletter, did you send it out? Yes. Yeah, it went out. I, I don't have it. I saw it. Uh, yeah. Did you? Okay. It, it, it should have gone out. So yeah. you can also use okay. the uh, Mr. Floor helpline. It's 877-711-5611. And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. All right. There mm-hmm. we go. And, uh, you know, you can watch all this stuff on the YouTube because uh, Andrew throws it up there like right now. Boom. It's there. As soon boom, as, done. as Boom. Done. As soon as we take care of it, as soon as we're done with the segment, it's uploaded and it's on the YouTube. Which, by the way, we might want to put uh, Bob's interview up there, too. I don't know if you get On you YouTube? Can, if, can we do that? Uh, I, 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 was, I didn't record it. On oh, video. you didn't record that part. But okay. it's on SoundCloud right now. So okay. With proper text. Everyone All right. So that. we'll... All right, so we'll do, we'll reshare that through there on the on the Facebook then. Uh, okay, so Clutter Clarity is powered by. I'm sorry, do you know, Mr. Floor? Uh huh. All right, mm-hmm. should, should, are we ready to go? Well, you know, how many minutes are left in this segment? Mm-hmm. Uh, you prayed you're up on the wall like I was. You're yep. up against the wall. Do you have a disarrangement disorder? Can't seem to get that jumbled hodgepodge pile of chaos in one place? Maybe it's time for a little disposal, a little cleanup, a little eradication, evacuation, liquidation, and purgeification. Here's Robbie with a tip on how to put some neatness into your disorder. This is Clutter Clarity on Mighty House. Yes. Save me from this prison. Lord, help me get away. 
What's up, Andrew? Cause only Ron and Rich can save me from this misery. If she could only sing. <laughs> Lord, can you tell me? <laughs> That's it. Adios. Thank you very much. Try the veal. Try You got the mic on? She's just not talking into it. Yeah, that... she was grabbing She's talking XLR into the backside of it. So yeah. I'm worried it's going to either blow out or <laughs> not work. He said, if only I could sing. I never said that. He said yeah, it. Yeah, just so Facebook viewers and listeners know, I would never say that about you. You know, Rich, Ron yes. wins the award for snark today. Okay, go ahead. Did you have something to say, Ron? I did not. No. It is. It's the clutter clarity segment. This no. is where Rich and I be quiet. No, you had the whole. You know, don't you have a whole spiel? To a whole, do? Oh, you want me to do that part? I think I already did it though, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Clutter clarity is powered by Mister Floor Cleaning Products. They're all non toxic, environmentally safe, and you can learn more at Mister dot com. Go. Having a party this summer? Maybe you're having a backyard barbecue. Uh huh. Maybe you're having a bunch of people over, and you can't come to the radio show next week. Uh huh. So. Do you know, and maybe you guys knew is, this. Is that the official notification right there? I yeah, you're tried not be to here give next it week? to you earlier. I said, can you get somebody to fill in? I have people coming from out of town. Uh-huh. Um, did you know that food trucks at private parties are a big thing now? I saw that on the shy, yes. What's the shy? That, that's, uh, I think it's on Showtime or something. It's the, it's uh, the shy. It's a, uh, it's a. Show on oh, Showtime. okay, okay. And, what did and, you say? And one of the guys there is runs a food truck, and he goes around to different parties and stuff. He gets private parties. Yes, yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, I did look into it for an event that I'm having because uh-huh. in my neighborhood on the northwest side, people are now doing the taco truck. Yeah, and that's what that's what the guy on the side has is a taco truck. Really? Yeah. So do you remember years ago when we were at a different station, we had the like 1411 Empanadas truck come by once? Not the truck, but the people yeah. who own the truck came by and gave us some samples sure. of little different pies. Uh-huh. Um, that's one of the trucks that you can do. But so in my neighborhood, a lot of people are having the taco truck come by, and it's kind of like a cart. So I guess they should call it the taco cart comes uh-huh. by. Yeah. And uh, then everybody can go up and order, you know, their chicken or their beef or their vegetarian, and they could they have like six different salsas on the truck. What a great idea to have something like this because you don't have to worry about the mess, the fuss, you know, buying the food, shopping, cooking it. So I was kind of looking up to see what else there is out there, and you could get a pizza truck come by, uh-huh. and then people can go up and order their individual pizzas, which was actually a truck as opposed to the taco, which was more like a cart. Uh-huh. Um, there are, in years and years ago, we had neighborhood block parties, and people would order the coffee ladies, and they would come you know, in the evening with the cart, and then you could pick the different kinds of coffees that you want. You can do an ice cream truck. 
Well, yeah, that's that's a no-brainer right there. It is a no-brainer, but, you know, it's not like a good humor, quote-unquote. Oh. Like you're Not like you're flagging down the good, good humor guy and saying, hey, you know, um, you would actually have the truck come, and they can serve out of one truck up to 2,500 people. <laughs> you mean for the taco bus, too? For, uh, the taco thing, I'm not – you have to tell them in advance how many people oh. you want – you so know. they can be prepared. So they can be prepared. But the ice cream truck can... Yeah, they say they can get through about 200 people in one hour. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I mean, I like that idea. So how much does that cost? On the ice cream truck, it does not say no. how much it costs. Do they you know? give you a bill afterwards? I... Ah! <laughs> or do you find out ahead of time how much it costs? <laughs> All right, that was clutter clarity. I don't know if she's going to speak anymore today. She's not going to be here next week. Robbie, how much does it cost? Is it so much per person? Do you find out at the end? When do you find out how much it's going to cost? It's per person. Okay. Or per item. The ice cream truck is this per is item. The taco trucks house. are per person. Mighty House will God. return. 